what's up everyone this is press x start podcast season 5 episode 37 press x to start is a audio and video podcast seeking to transform the video game media landscape through an underserved and protected point of view restorative justice for the unrepresented programmers developers and consumers i am your host dj aka sexy bad choices aka daddy long legs aka do you guys want to hear some dark humor sure why not Knock, knock. Who's there? That was it. You got it? For our audio <laughs> listeners, DJ put his thumb on top of his camera, and I assuming to imply a level of darkness over his screen, even though it was just brown. Which I guess in the sh- it's dark, but it's not necessarily what we call darkness. Long story short, they did a dumb knock <laughs> joke and said, that's my joke. You want to hear a it. real dark joke? Subscribe to the Patreon. I won't say it here. <laughs> anyway, I am Sean MF Ross. What MF stand for? 36. What do you mean 36? Does that include me? Something like 37, maybe. <laughs> oh. oh. You nasty. <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> I don't. Uh, <laughs> don't worry about it then. That's because you're an innocent young man. He's a child of God. <laughs> I was literally about to make the worst joke of all time, but unlike Sean, I held that in, I put it deep inside, and I'm moving on. Hi, I'm Avery. Phrasing. <laughs> and I'm your heavyweight champion from Wish Nigga World, California, aka the janitor because of be watching niggas, aka Fela Coochie. What? <laughs> what? What bohemian shit they got showing up there, man? <laughs> Lobster avocado toast. Yeah. Goddamn millennials in your avocado. <laughs> anyway, DJ. Oh, uh, with that being said, let us tell you about the things that are going to happen in this podcast. First up, we're going to talk about the crazy acquisition that no one saw coming from PlayStation. Uh, we are going to talk about. Apparently, Twisted Metal is, is getting a game along with the movie, or I'm sorry, along with a TV show. Mm. And we are, uh, we should probably talk about the, um, the Xbox uh, going to Japan, <laughs> their little uh, thing that they did there. Yeah, that was, that was good. Watashi wa Phil Spencer des. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> All right. Well, before we do that, let's talk about the games we've been playing. <laughs> Well, that's, you know, Phil. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, so, you know, we, we've also been playing Kenna, but we've made some more progress. So we can uh, let's talk about that for a little bit. Uh, okay. You want to start? I think, Sean, you've made. Oh, OK. I was going to I was going to point to Sean. But if you want me to start, then sure, I'll start. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, I, I've been playing more of Kenna. I didn't get to play as much Kenna as I wanted to because. Genshin is having their anniversary um, event right now, and that has been another thing I will talk about after we talk about Kenna. Let me ask you something. Okay. Yeah. Do you know when your anniversary is? (laughs) Yeah, I have it tattooed on my lower back. Oh, okay. How about you? Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, proceed. And he looks at the uh, calendar right next to him. Is this 2021? <laughs> ah, it'll be on a Thursday. Anyway. 
Continue. <laughs> Yo, what is going but on? Yeah, um, <laughs> this is great. This is great. This is what happens when Marcus has to record at nine o'clock and the rest of us have to record before one. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So um <laughs> I'm having a good time with Kenna. Um I did run him into the whole uh playing two similar games at the same time issue because Genshin has similar but different controls to Kenna. I AKA worse. picked up Kenna using <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. Marcus, Marcus' opinion on Kenna has switched in the last week. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's talking about Genshin. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I know. But, but I think last week, based on his reaction to Kenna, he would have said that Genshin was probably the better game. Oh no, I've been I've been <laughs> oh, I've been dunking on Genshin for a while now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Kenna, I'm I'm having a good time. Um I am understanding the flow of the game better now and I've gone from like, oh, this is interesting to seeking challenges yeah. in terms of, oh, that's a chest that can, that can do a challenge. Let me go do that and see what this one is. And, you know, wanting to have those like boss encounters. And I'm, I, I don't want to really, he I'm wants trying to, to talk around where I am to, exactly. I'm trying to avoid talking about spoilers because we're not going to do that. But um, I beat the first boss. I am, I think, close-ish to the second boss. Uh, in terms of story, I'm absolutely loving this story. The characters that they introduce, uh, I guess I should say the character that they introduce, it's a person of color. So that's really cool to see. And they treated her hair very right. Yeah. So there's that. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm having a good time with this game. Like it is it is really, really bumping up with being my number one for game of the year. Because mm. like right now it is ratchet, but this is really giving ratchet a run for its money. Got you. Yeah. Uh, Marcus, you. How about you? Um, as Avery had mentioned earlier, I was probably the most critical of the game last week. You know, not saying that the game was bad, but I was definitely more critical on it, I think, than um, you guys were. Mm-hmm. My opinion on the game has definitely shifted. I still have, you know, little gripes here and there with it, but like the game has really grown on me. Um, I am also almost at the the second boss okay second main boss hmm yeah second second yeah second, second main, main boss because there are four i believe in the entire game four or five but mm, okay yeah so i am really appreciating what the game is offering right now story and character wise like i brought up last week it does a really good job of balancing levity with darkness in in the way that Pixar or the Avatar shows have done really well. Yeah. And even the uh, gameplay mechanics have grown on me as your repertoire and your um, skill set has expanded. Uh, So it kind of opens up opportunities for better um, fights. So that's cool, too. Yeah. Uh, one other thing, I really like the um, when you use the, the the drop of water or whatever, and you you have all your um, rot formed together. How it's slowly yeah, creating like that come together like Voltron. Yeah, like it, it creates that like dragon looking thing, and like as yeah. you get more rot, like it starts to form. Yeah, it reminds like, me that's of really cool. thing from Princess Mononoke. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I do, I do kind of hate how that controls though, but it's it's just very yeah, slow. I'm not, I'm I wish it sped up a little bit more. It is, yeah. yeah. 
but yeah. but you know that's still a minor gripe it doesn't really take away from the game at all also the rod are still adorable uh i seek out every hat card i can find and i just, i got the cowboy hat <laughs> i put all the hats top of the morning <laughs> <laughs> amazing brother top off only on occasion brother right <laughs> New flows coming. Be patient, brother. Oh, so another thing too. <laughs> I realized about the hats, what you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, you have all that currency because it allows you to, like, say you get the cowboy hat and you want, I think that one you can have multiple. So, like, if you want, you can have all your rot have the Wearing same cowboy hat, hat have yeah. the same look. Yeah. 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 You can't do that with the $500 ones. Right. There's, yeah, no, those, no, those will no. sell out the moment you buy one, I believe. But for the, the $10 ones, yeah, you could just keep, keep churning them out. But yeah. So, right, right, right. Yeah. Join the game. Okay. Sean? Whew. I'm almost at the end. I'm actually at the final boss. I let him wash me one good time. And then I uh, turned around <laughs> to go collect, <laughs> to go find the rest of the collectibles. Gave this nigga a bath. Boy, I, I just wanted to see how hard it would be. And I'm like, man, this is ridiculous. Um, Ran that I need to go see if, I, yeah, I need to go see if I missed any meditation points to raise up my health or something. But <laughs> all, all of the bosses have a decent amount of challenge to them. Once you do beat them, you feel like you've accomplished something. It's not mm-hmm. like I think you, you guys first complain about the first boss, the first major boss. He had like some type of magnetism BS where, you know, even if you try to dodge out the way he would lock onto you and grab you. Mm-hmm. None of the other ones do that, but they do have some inventive ways to uh, bullshit them. <laughs> Hurt you. <laughs> No, okay. it, it's just everything comes so fast. Um, phrasing. And each each boss. First of all, you know some shit is about to go down when you see like two or three health flowers yep. in the area. It's like, all right, let me yep. roll up my sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, as a side note, it's so yeah. funny that that's like conditioning now. Like if you've played video games for long enough, you just know intrinsically you get to a place. I'm like, oh, oh that's a lot of health. Uh oh. <laughs> is that for me <laughs> i'm in danger right. um I, I i have um there are a couple bosses where like they're very difficult but i beat them like with one sliver of health left you know when you uh yeah beat it after a few times shout out to the arrow because i've definitely had moments where i was like oh i'm about to die and then i hit him with a good arrow one time and it's over and i'm like bet yeah um yeah i, I can't really say too much without spoiling the game like i don't mm-hmm. want to spoil the uh yeah. enemy types for the viewers listeners what have you um <laughs> it's, it's just a solid experience if you can actually get through it though mm-hmm. and I, I i would recommend everybody try this game out absolutely yeah, yeah. avery yes i am also playing Kenna, but i didn't get too much farther than i did last week because i was focusing on playing Life is Strange, I will say uh, this, that my initial criticism of the game still stand, but I am always impressed by every design choice that this game makes. Yeah. In like, in the initial area is this beautiful, lush fourth area and all that, and then once you get into the second area, you get into this more like mm-hmm. water-based area, I'm like, oh, this is really cool, it's got this red sea, I'm like, I wonder how I'm gonna deal with this, and then you actually go into the main hub of, of gameplay, 
and just the sheer like beauty of everything just being on fire. Yeah, and just like wow, I'm like uh, yeah. yeah. This game can like when that gapes opens up, yeah. you're just like, oh my, oh yeah. my god, like what yeah. the hell? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like the lighting in this game is so fucking good. Yeah, like that mm-hmm. first, once you the first big chamber you get into, I walked into it and like the door behind me closed, and I'm like, why is it pitch black? And I look behind me like, oh, because the door closed. <laughs> I'm like, oh, like like <laughs> yeah. the game continuing to impress. Also, me. the music still slaps. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, it does. It's overworld music is so like just soothing. Yeah. And then I'm once again like I was wrong about this early on, but I still find it a very weird design choice in all of the characters that they all can just teleport around. <laughs> I can I, I understand they're spirits. They're dead. The game never indicates that they are dead. They just start teleporting around. I'm just like I mean what's that going might on? be their teleport no jutsu. <laughs> it, it admittedly though, by like definition spirits would mean that they're like not of the living anymore so i would I, that's why he's just I saying that it's not clear that everyone is spirits uh it's not clear the only time i realized they were spirits was when they acknowledged that the two little kids were hanging out with right. were dead right and they had died and they're like oh they're spirits and then i extrapolated that oh they're teleporting around like that because they're ghosts cool because this is a game where canada can do crazy shit so i wasn't just assuming that yeah, they could have like, been pixies or some shit yeah but yeah i'm enjoying it I will say, DJ, um, you said you wanted more challenge. If you collect all the spirit mail when you bring it back to the village, those are little mini challenges spread around the place. Yeah, yeah. I've done one before. I have like, I think I have like uh, two or three to turn in, mm. but I just haven't been back to the village. I, I think one of my hangups is, you know, it's been mentioned before. I think the last time we talked about this was the whole map. Yeah. And how it doesn't, the lack it's, of not, a waypoint. it's not really good at it's not even the waypoint. It's just not really good at being a map. So like I have these spirit mail things, but it's just like, all right, where am I supposed to go? Like, I wish it would just show you like, okay, like you got this thing that you're supposed to turn it to this house in the village or whatever. So you just know just to go there versus having to like look around and try to figure out where you're supposed to. It's like the, turn it in. the best thing about the map is that there's a bunch of warp points that you find, but outside of that, like, yeah, it just it feels like an inferior version of the Ghost Tsushima map. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I, I think hopefully by next episode, we'll be able to do a formal review on this game. Yeah, probably. And, well, I think that should I'm going to I'm yeah. going to make it a point to have the game beat by then, because next week's episode is going to be the last episode I'm on for at least a month. Will you? This game yeah. gets kind of harder. <laughs> oh, I will make it a point. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's that's what he told Avery. So about what <laughs> it takes two. So uh, you shut up. <laughs> you shut up right now. <laughs> All right. Um, we're gonna talk about Life is Strange, but before we do that, I need to talk about Genshin for a quick hot minute so genshin had their avery uh, their avery jesus <laughs> genshin had their anniversary <laughs> genshin had the anniversary event as i mentioned earlier um so a lot of a lot of times with free to play games uh that become popular they often do anniversaries to celebrate like you know because genshin's only been out for a year and it's done remarkably well like this game is super successful and a lot of the you know 
I don't want to call them whales, but a lot of the people on YouTube who play the game and, and you know, they, they buy the packs and they show you how to like. You can't just call people whales. What's wrong with you? I know. I'm sorry. It's 2021. Please forgive me. It's pronounced Wale. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be confused with that disappointment of a rapper. Wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so. Uh, essentially there was this there's a, there was an anniversary that was going to happen everyone was kind of speculating what was going to happen in the anniversary and people were like oh maybe we'll get a free character oh maybe we'll get um more currency to, to buy a character or whatever maybe the game will get better and essentially <laughs> <laughs> that that's a personal problem mark <laughs> marcus played the game was like i don't understand it's like you're not playing the game right i don't understand why the game <laughs> Yeah, you um, can never use that argument ever. What? Ever. Which don't, one? Don't use that argument. You played the game. You didn't understand how to play it, so you stopped playing the game. Wait. I know we've already belabored this. Well, I don't understand what you mean. Shall I relitigate Bloodborne 2018? Oh no, no, no! I actually played. I went back and played the game. But the reason you stopped playing. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess that's because that the, the werewolf thing was just like. What well, was anyways? Anyways, yeah. yes. yes. Yes, but I, I I did go back and play the game, unlike Marcus. So, uh, excuse me, I'm looking at you, Marcus. Do, do you remember during the early days of Genshin when we were playing it all the time? Because I played the game a lot. No, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember that, Marcus, oh. at all. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, anyways, um, so essentially, um, no one liked the anniversary event that Genshin had planned. Uh, they did this whole. I think I think it's actually happening today. They're doing a live concert of the um, you know Genshin Impact uh, music that you know the background, all that music stuff. Oh, so they're not bringing in Lil Nas X and essentially whack. No, they're not. They're not. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the the fan base didn't really like the uh, rewards that were giving for the anniversary to the point where they all decided to riot and <laughs> essentially review bomb the game <laughs> like. It was a mess. It was a absolute mess. I think mess. it spilled over into other games, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, other games that uh, Mihoyo. Um, no, no, actually, no, no. You're right. It did go into another game that was. Minoy. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> the other, the other big game is Honkai Third Impact. Honky. Yeah, yeah. Hon- Honky Third Impact. <laughs> <laughs> I know I have a list, and sometimes pronounce no, words wrong. It's not you. I it's think not. I was. <laughs> they knew what they were doing when they named that game. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagined a bunch of like Genshin sprite characters just destroying the world of Genshin Impact. <laughs> but yeah, so like this got really bad. Like they they reviewed bomb the game. They got it down to like it was it was sitting at like a four point three. They got it down to like a two point something, like two point three, I think. And then one person reported that it was at like one point nine, and. Yeah, it it was a mess. It got to the point where a bunch of um, you know, YouTubers who play the game, they kind of had to start taking stances in terms of like one guy, uh, Mtash. At first, he was just like, "This is crap. Like the the anniversary gifts are terrible." Blah blah blah. But then once he kind of start seeing like what was happening, he's like, "Okay, guys, you can't like. Yes, you might not like the the rewards they're giving you, but this is a free to play game. Genshin Impact." is uh, there's there's no official record but Genshin Impact probably has the most free content that they've given in a free to play game to date. And every time they fuck up they give you something free as well you said I think. 
yes yeah and it's just like out of all the free-to-play games that i've played like genshin impact is probably the most gracious when it comes to the gotcha system and it's just like this is one of those cases where and i i really really hate to say it but it's just a bunch of people being privileged and it's just so weird to it's so weird to be on the outside looking in but also kind of being on the inside and just seeing like i understand these gifts aren't great but like you got it. You got to realize it. I think a lot more people like playing it's, it's than not that big of a deal would have normally played because it, it launched during the pandemic, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that and the whole uh, Aloy thing that like boosted a lot of um, people to actually see the game. But yeah, um, it's also that Genshin it, looking like Last of Us 2 with them review bombs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What were you saying, Avery? Oh, it's also on phones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It started yeah. on phone and then it got uh, well, put onto console. No, I think it was originally developed for console. It was also developed in tandem with phones. Oh, okay. I thought it launched on phone first, but okay. Uh, so yeah, that's essentially the, the Genshin Impact anniversary um, debacle. debacle. I think now people are starting to cool off a bit. They, um, Mihoyo actually commented, but Mihoyo, because, or Mihoyo, because they're a Chinese developer, it is kind of interesting to see how they respond versus like an American developer would respond. And they responded by saying, we've heard your feedback. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and that's kind of it. Like they gave the players like a, people don't know if this was already planned or if this was just a response to it, but it's like a, a four day, um, you know, premium currency uh, drop that you get in the mail along with like some other gift along with the primo currency. But like, that's kind of been it. So people are just like, I guess this is fine. But, you know, people are still kind of bothered by it. Yeah. But yeah, that's pretty much what's going on there. Okay. So uh, you guys could wrap it up with Life is Strange talk. Tell us what you thought, Avery. I love Life is Strange. Mm hmm. Like, I loved the first Life is Strange. And I think I loved it because I hated the uh, Telltale, Telltale design. Games. Yeah, I hated the Telltale games. And I thought there was a little more involved with the Life is Strange game, as well as it having a really deep and affecting sword. Three, I love Alex Chen. Mm -hmm. I love the world of Haven Springs. I love all the characters. I love the way the story goes. I love the ups and downs of it. I love that episode one has a crescendo moment of, okay, this is what the game's going to be about. Right. The episode. Three is where suddenly you're like, oh, this is what the game is going to be about. And yep. by the time you get to the game's finale, I'm just sitting there going like, I think this is the best story I, I watched, period, in a game uh, in 2021. I don't think a single story. Oh, yeah. Really? Easily. Yeah. When, when people were talking about how a good and affecting uh, Psychonauts 2 is about mental health and things like that, I think this game shits on it. Mm. Wow. No, yeah, this... I, and I haven't played Psychonauts 2, so I can't speak to that. But like in terms of like being the best game story of this year, this is, yeah, at least from what I've played easily. The story's so good that I'm willing to overlook the drastic, drastic suspension of disbelief I need for how Alex survives. <laughs> like I was like, OK. I don't, I don't know. If okay, okay, so let, let's, like, this, it's hard to talk about this game without... Spoiling. Spoiling the entire thing. Spoilers. So, yeah. like, right now, I'm, uh, Marcus, in, in the edit, is probably going to put, like, a more formal spoiler tag for everyone. Hey. Hey, you. Yeah, you. There's some spoilers up here. Are you sure? Okay. 
Don't say I didn't warn you. But for the most part, we're going to talk light spoilers just so we can mm-hmm. talk about actual parts of this game because this is a very story-driven game. Yeah. All right, well, first things first, I mean, we talk about this off mic, but like the game has two love interests, Ryan and Steph, mm-hmm. and I've never been more angry at the game of not just going in the polyamorous route yep. than this game because generally both of them are really great in two different separate ways. That being said, one of my big qualms with the game is the game definitely wants you to pick Steph. Well, fuck that, because I picked Ryan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and, he, and, and, and here's the rub, because like I beat the game, I got the perfect True Colors ending, so like I got a world in which every member of this community loves and respects me enough to back me when I make the final decision in the game. Same. Uh, but I looked up some of like the other stuff, it was very clear to me that they engineered the game in a way that Steph was the more obvious choice than Ryan, because Ryan is a character that you have to win over in regards to the final choice in the game because of his relationship to the choice itself. Yeah. Meanwhile, you can quote unquote treat the Steph character like can't really treat her like garbage in the game doesn't give you like garbage, but like you can ignore her throughout the entire game, and when you get to the final, she will have your back. You don't have to do anything on, for that. On principle, yeah. Well, Ryan, you have to work for it. And in, in my head, and in, in watching those other endings and things like that, it's very apparent that that's kind of... I will say, counterpoint to that, he did, or there is an option to show Ryan your powers way before anyone else. Yes. Yeah, I, I did that as well. The game definitely is more Steph-leaning, but I would also say that they there are a lot of things that they do that's like, well, we also, we don't want to just make Ryan like a secondary choice. It's just... I agree with that, except I think romantically, they definitely want you to pick Steph mm. versus picking Ryan. Uh, another minor criticism I have of this game, I don't think it's mechanically as interesting as the first Life is Strange. I think the telepathy your main character has, because, yeah, she can feel emotions, but ultimately you're using telepathy. Uh, I think ultimately it just it translates to go to a character, feel their emotion, uh, solve problem based on information, get that emotion. While in the first Life of Strange, nothing blows my mind more than, this is a spoiler for the first Life of Strange, uh, the main character, Max, she's having so much problems at this school, there's like a couple of people who like her. Just a couple. One of those characters is having a rough time. You go into her room, you have a conversation with her, and you can go through her shit. I went through her shit, and I found she had a pregnancy test in there. Like, oh, snap! And I had a conversation with her, and I brought up the pregnancy test, and she was like, what the fuck, you just went through my shit to find this? And I'm like, oh, and I'm like, huh. And then I realized, I have time travel powers. I could have literally gone through her shit, got this information, <laughs> gone back in time, where I didn't go through the shit, and had the exact same conversation, and have her still be my friend. The thing is, oh, like, wow. That's pretty cool. I, I, I will say, Alex's powers, in comparison to, like, the other two Life is Strange protagonists, are probably the most passive because she can't do anything offensive with her powers whereas i think the main characters of one and two especially two legitimately have like powers that they can use more actively you know whereas alex is definitely like a therapy character like she is there to help people like the most i guess dangerous thing she can do which is super dangerous is take away someone's emotion yes which is a to get to another game that both me and marcus really liked that no one talked about uh remember me yeah where like one of that game's tenants was that you could remix people's memories and like alter their perception of shit oh yeah. that they only do that <laughs> oh i just remember that three game. times in the game 
they do it five times in the game, and the last one is you doing the same thing three separate occasions. Yeah. And, like, the way they use her powers at, like, the end of big junctions of the narrative to, like, push it forward feels a lot to me like that mm-hmm. in where, like, I kind of wanted more of that. I think for me, the way that they implemented it, I like the fact that it was very character specific. So when you had the opportunity to take away someone's emotion, it had a lot to do with the actual struggle that the character was going through. And depending on the direction you go, it has big consequences one way or the other. Um, like I never I have a question. Ended- yeah. When you say you can take away a, a person's emotions, is it just the one emotion or is it just like everything's gone? Well, like, like there, there is a little, it, it's a little muddled and that's why I kind of wanted to see more representation of that because there are two main sequences in which they use it. One in which the character is feeling fear and one in which the character is feeling anger. Mm-hmm. If you take away the character's feeling anger, it, it has dire ramifications toward the end of the game for your story. However, for the person, if you take away their fear, it actually is a boon to the narrative going forward. Because also, mm. they're also sort of different in the way that they even happen because with the character that's feeling anger, it's so intense that I think she literally, because I didn't go that route, I let her like, you know, because anger is a big part of healing and getting through mm processing so i was like i'm very scared of what could possibly happen but i'm gonna let her sort this out herself but i think in this scenario if i would have taken her anger away literally she would have taken the emotion and she would have been like forcibly a shell whereas in the case of taking away the person's fear she literally just talks them down so it's i don't think it would have been as active. Well, as... no, she implicitly does like it, the both uses of the power are the exact same way. It's just both results are far different. And I wish oh, did I you had... take away the fear? Yeah. I mean, did you take away the uh, the, the the anger? No, I didn't. I looked oh, it up okay. afterwards. What happens okay. if you take away the anger? And okay. that character bottoms out as a character, and it hurts yeah, you yeah. in the end game. Yeah. I just, mm. how did she go about doing it though? Like, did she touch her or anything, or was it like she talked her down as well? I'm genuinely assuming it's the same. Like, she does the thing, she draws it, and it's the same way it happens with uh, the other person it happens to. Okay, okay. But I think this, I, I said last week, or maybe, no, the week before, maybe, uh, that this game has some of the most affecting moments that I've played in a game in a while, probably since Last of Us 2. And yes. I think there was a moment Uh, without giving too much spoilers, but there is a character in the game that is suffering from dementia. Dude, that storyline is so good. Yeah, and the way that you're able to help her through an episode, that was when there was some really cool stuff happening before that, but when I got to that particular, I guess, story beat, that was when the game hit another level for me in terms of like, oh, this is, this is heavy. Yeah. This is really heavy. Mm. Yeah. My last thing I will say about this before we move on, because like, I, I think despite my criticism of those minor mechanical things, this is a game that's in my contention for game of the year. Same. Is that this is a game where if you don't look for ancillary material, if you don't go onto Alex's phone and read all the information in there, you are fucking missing out. Yeah. And, like, 
there's an argument to be made that if you want that shit in the game, it should be part of the actual text that's going on and not ancillary stuff that you can totally miss. But I think to make the world of Life is Strange True Colors feel lived in and real, that yeah. stuff exists in a place where it should exist. And like yeah. ignoring it is like is at your peril in regards to how the story plays out. Because if the stuff that you could find was integral to the story in a major way, then I would be like, this should probably be more clear. But it really is more so to, like Avery said, make the world feel more lived in and give more depth to all of the characters in the game. They have done a very good job drawing out each and every one of these characters. And mm. I was really impressed. Like, I I hope that, um, I forget what the studio's name is that took- Deck Nine. Well, yeah. I hope that they continue to do Life is Strange games, even if there's just one more Life is Strange game. I hope that they do it because they really did something special with this one. Cool. Cool. Uh, well, that is what we have been playing. And before we jump into our quick hits, we have a word from our sponsors. It's our YouTube channel. Say it, Marcus. Sponsor us, nigga. We will. <laughs> <laughs> Hey fam, have you been enjoying this episode of Press X to Start? Want to make sure you keep getting the best laughs, latest news, and most fire takes? Then we're going to need your help. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our show. Then tell three people about the podcast. Could be friends, strangers, loved ones, or hated ones. Every little bit counts. And after you're done with that, please follow us on Facebook at Press X Number Two Start, Instagram at Press X Number Two Start, Twitter at Press X Two S, and YouTube at Press X Two Start TV. And if you're done with all this, well done. Many thanks. You're one of the good ones. And we are back. Now it is time for the quick hits. <laughs> Number one, this comes from IGN from Jonathan Dornbush. Jonathan Dornbush. I had some saliva in my mouth, kind of messed up my tongue there. Anyways, PlayStation officially acquires Bluepoint Games. Uh, we, we all knew about this because of the slip up that happened earlier this year, but they finally made it Facebook official. There we go. There we go. And <laughs> oh, um, they're going steady. <laughs> their next game is actually going to be a original title and not a remake. And a lot of people was uh, a little disappointed by that because everyone was kind of hoping that it might be um, like Metal Gear or um, Metal Gear. There was a there was we a couple other Gear. that that would suck for them though. It's like, damn, we have ideas. Say what? What'd you say? We were just hoping for Metal Gear. Oh, okay, well, the, okay. the rules lawyer distinction that people read from that post is they didn't necessarily say original IP. They just said original idea. Yeah, mm, and that yeah. doesn't necessarily prohibit them from doing old stuff and making it new and just adding shit into there. That's true. That's true. So yeah, uh, that's cool. That's a big one for PlayStation. But again, we knew this, so it was kind of like, all right, well, why do you take so long, PlayStation? But Whatever. They're probably just signing more paper. Yeah. Uh, number two. This comes from Fire Sprite's website. Uh, Fire Sprite Limited completes acquisition to Fabric Games Limited. I don't know who either of these people are. 
<laughs> Essentially, what it boils down to is that Fire Sprite just got more X wipeout devs, and Fire Sprite themselves was formed by some wipeout devs and some other devs. So it looks like their next game might be a new wipeout game, which cool. What have they done for me lately? Who are they? What did they make? <laughs> Look behind mm. you, Sean. Them. They build your closet. Son of a bitch. Fire Sprite. Uh, well, <laughs> the last thing well, of any value, they have this VR game called The Persistence that oh, came yeah. on the PSVR, and they are also responsible for the Playroom VR mm-hmm. that comes mm. with the VR unit and stuff like that. They are the ones who built that. See? There you go, Sean. Well, they did additional work on that. Tangible evidence. Oh, uh, they made a Playroom, Run, Sackboy Run, that was a mobile game. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's like, there's like, there's no cachet to Fire Sprite in regards of, oh my god, they made X game, I'm super excited for them, but in regards to a PlayStation first party that looks anemic compared to what Microsoft has, this is the type of studio that you can use to farm out work to keep your library expanding. Mm-hmm. Like, they have literally, I think Insomniac is probably the only studio that has more employees, but they have like 265 employees. And like, when they first got signed, and I realized that, and I'm like, how are you funding 265 people with the type of games you're putting out? Mm. Yeah. Um, there was a did you know that I had in my head, but I forgot it, and I ended up not doing a did you know. But then uh, Avery talking about the number of employees reminded me about my original did you know. And my original did you know was did you know that MiHoYo, the company that made Genshin Impact, on Wikipedia says they have 2,400 employees. That's ridiculous. Number China, baby. <laughs> I think they have four or five live service games still active at, at one time. Yeah. Uh, number three. This comes from Push Square from Lima Croft. Uh, Sony introduces game trials. Try PS5 games for a limited time. So, on the face of it, this sounds like a great thing. Um, but when you mm-hmm. read the fine, but... the fine print, yes. Apparently, mm-hmm. so for example, you get to try Death Stranding uh, Director's Cut and you get six hours to that game, and you also have you can also try Sackboy: A Big Adventure, and you get five hours to that game. The only caveat is that the clock starts as soon as you download the game. Essentially, there's been uh, a workaround to this where you can uh, create a second account and then actually download the game on one account and play the game on the second account. But again, why would you have to do all that? Like. No one was predicting this kind of announcement from happening. So you we got take... that perfect internet that Jordan was talking about. Right. <laughs> like Sony really could have took the time needed to make sure this launched properly versus what's happening right now. I mean, it we baffles already have me. Time limited games that start the timer when you start the game. I don't know why they did this. Right. Like we have technology that that does what this is supposed to do. Like I'm really happy for this because this will actually allow me to hopefully if this persists will allow me to play games that I, you know, would kind of skip because I'm not going to spend $70 or $60 on the game to not like it. You should play Sackboy. Mm, we'll see. Well, actually, I guess I could try. It. <laughs> All right. Number four. This comes from The Verge from Ash Pershing. Perish. You suck. Perish? Okay, there we go. Um, Kratos voice actor says, God of War Ragnarok delayed because of him. So essentially, the... Boy, they... That man was going through it. Yeah, he got his whole bottom half replaced. Yeah, yeah, essentially. So Christopher Judge, who is the voice actor... Actually, voice actor, and I should say... uh, Mo-cap model. Yeah, mo-cap model actor. Yeah, 
he basically had uh, a couple of surgeries which held him from um you know recording kratos's lines in the game so, and essentially he had back surgery and both hips replaced and knee surgery mm-hmm. and uh yeah so essentially Man, Santa talk about allowed that him got- y'all remember uh Y'all remember uh, Will Smith's Wild Wild West movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a classic. My man almost looked like Loveless. My man was like, yes, <laughs> I didn't watch that movie. What? Really? You need to. No. Wow. It's a breath of fresh ass. <laughs> oh, wow. a breath of fresh ass. <laughs> the best thing to come out of that movie was the song with Cisco. <laughs> Oh, oh yes, oh, yeah. That movie is bad, but it's a slap. You can't tell me yeah, you don't have yeah. fun when that song comes on. Absolutely, it's a guilty pleasure classic. <laughs> yeah, but uh, <laughs> back to Santa Monica and, <laughs> and not Wild Wild or Wild West. Is it Wild West or Wild Wild West? It's Wild yeah. West, right? I mean, it's Santa Monica, so it is in the Wild West, buddy. <laughs> Anyways, Santa Monica <laughs> was basically very patient with Christopher, and they allowed him to rehab before uh, continuing the game. So that's partly why the game was delayed to um, where it is right now. So good on them, and hopefully uh, he was like, "Boy, my legs, boy." <laughs> <laughs> why are we like this? <laughs> Number five. This comes from Eurogame. Uh, it's called, uh, the, um, Tom Phillips is the person who wrote this article. Uh, Spider-Man 2 will be a darker Empire Strikes Back styled sequel. Oh yeah, baby. This is cool. I don't exactly remember Empire Strikes Back too well. All the Star Wars, the, the first trilogy of Star Wars kind of just meld together in my head. So Empire is one of, if not the best sequel of all time. Oh, the most boring and trite film and story thing you can say is that, oh, my sequel is going to be like Empire Strikes Back. I can list 15 different productions in the last five years who've talked about their sequel like this. And it's like, this is one of those pieces of news that I generally goes over my head because I'm learning nothing from this. Admittedly, Empire, the reason why I feel like a lot of people bring up Empire when they're, when they're saying what they're going to do with their sequel is Empire basically made the blueprint for rate of escalation and stakes in a sequel like that movie took everything that the first movie did and escalated it to a level that made it impossible for you to not go see the third movie and i feel like that might be what they're getting at here with like just Mm. the way that um the emotional stakes are going to be higher because we know that is harry osborne in this universe and then they got Craven in the wind, which is also another thing. And now Miles is an active part of the team. So how are they going to implement that? Like, it feels like there's just bigger things happening in this game. Mm. All I know is Craven better not put Miles in a cage. <laughs> and number uh, six, Gremlins <laughs> 2 is tied with Short Circuit 2 for best sequel of all time. But continue. <laughs> He said that with a straight face. <laughs> so serious. It's bold. I respect it. He's like, no, that's what Wikipedia.com told me. <laughs> Number six. And Wikipedia never from... lies. <laughs> Night School Studio from Sean Krenkel. Krenkel? Krenkel. That's, mm-hmm. what, that's his name. Uh, 
We are joining Netflix team. Uh, cool. So uh, Netflix has acquired their first studio. I thought you were going to go into the next story. <laughs> thought you were going to go to the next story. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, so uh, Netflix has acquired their first studio, uh, Night School Studio, who created uh, a walk in uh, a night in the woods. Oh, no, Oxen Free. Yes, so, yeah. Oxen Free and After Party. Ah, after Party, that's what it is. Okay. So, um, that's pretty cool um uh, yeah it, it kind of yeah that's pretty cool we'll see what happens from this i don't really got much to say with that well well i think it's telling of the type of game that they make of what type of games netflix wants to make as a publisher of games on their platform mm. because their games are graphic adventure novels yeah so essentially just a game that are easy to play with just one click of a button well, yeah, it's Netflix, so that makes sense. Right, right. Uh, number seven, this comes from VGC from Andy Robinson. Konami is set to revive Metal Gear, Castlevania, and Silent Hill. <laughs> All is this probably confirmed, without Kojima. Or is this still rumored? <laughs> uh, I, I believe it's... I want to say... I think it's... I like, think did it's Konami make a... Uh... Oh, wait. According to publishing sources who spoke to VGC and honestly, because they did not have yeah. permission Konami to... Konami hasn't made a statement. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I was uh, I was listening to Jeff Grubb podcast and they're talking about it and he kind of he seemed pretty sure of this. So I'm kind of thinking that this is this is a sure thing. Um, it's it's one of the yeah. things where it's kind of weird because there was rumors that Netflix was going to do a Castlevania thing to go along with Castlevania being a, a boon for them on their platform. So maybe they're working in conjunction with konami so that could be a thing but um yeah for me this doesn't i'm not a metal gear person i'm not a castlevania person and i'm not a silent hill person so i'm just like all right that's, that's cool i mean i'll check them out how, how you guys feel about this uh, okay. it's cool to hear uh i didn't play metal gear 5 or metal gear survive but i did like four um castlevania never got into i'd like to and they're cool they look cool hmm Silent Hill, I only played the demos on PlayStation 1 from the stolen demo disc from the magazines from CBS. <laughs> you know, you take them in the back, open up that wrapping ever so slightly. Try to rip it not too loudly. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the past. You can say you purchased a magazine. <laughs> I, ha I have no words. My dumbass justification as a young teenager was the demo is free. The magazine costs, but the demo is <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> um, you know, in a way, I understand. Right. This doesn't exactly move the needle for me either. Um, mm -hmm. Like, I care about Metal Gear, yeah. but unless they're doing remakes of the games, then I really don't want it. Like, there's no need to do new Metal Gear stories just with yeah. the way that things ended. I will play a remake of Snake Eater all day, but we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Castlevania was never my bag and Silent Hill I've always appreciated from afar um, I think that's the only one of those three where it's like I could see them doing something new with this that could be interesting like yeah. if they're reviving um, Silent Hill because they don't uh, have to focus Kojima's, on one person yeah exactly if they're um, reviving Kojima's uh, Silent Hills then sure but which, which he, I wouldn't want because he's not involved with it that's my big thing yeah, with most of their properties in this is that like 
for all Konami's classic nostalgia-based, like, trappings of, like, oh, the old-school Castlevanias, for me, as a fan of video games, they were the Hideo Kojima uh, publisher. Mm. Where, like, yep. his fingers were in the pies of a lot of their work, and I really love them. Like, I'm a giant Metal Gear fan, and him being involved in the Metal Gear game, and, like, the, the farthest I will go to like a Metal Gear project that he's not making is Metal Gear Revengeance. Mm. Like, even then, he was the, like, producer on that game, and it felt like it had his tan like so it didn't feel like it was going too out of pocket of like ideas that he would play with he also closed the loop fully on, on the metal gear like there's no story you can tell with any of the snakes without making uh, shit up that i like yep. which will, won't feel like just a fan fiction mm -hmm. i admire the castlevania franchise and its fans i've never been because like i don't have nostalgia for them like i've never been into the, any of the sort of 2d uh, exploration based ones the only one i played was the hideo kojima produced uh, developed by Mercury Steam, uh, Lords of Shadows, and that was fun. Its sequel is garbage, and for the most part, the only other IP of I think major value that they had is Silent Hill. And for me, I'll, if without Hideo Kojima's name on it, I had no interest in a Silent Hill game. Right. So like, unless I start like, for me, this is going to be a proof in the pudding situation. If they show me for all these IPs except for Metal Gear, like something of value then i'll check it out but this isn't really exciting or interesting in any way shape or form mm. especially when you add insult to injury that konami just got into some bullshit like this same week about a football game that they made that a free to play oh football game they released that wasn't finished yeah e-football like, it was yeah I, yeah i was actually yeah. planning on downloading that and playing it but to hear all the like just just backlash grief that game because essentially yeah as avery said it launched unfinished like there is photos of the facial models and it's like this is bad this is not even like what's happening here this is just bad <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but uh in better news yeah. number eight this comes from vgc from uh, again andy robinson destruction all-star studio lucid handed twisted metal revival makes sense so uh yeah it makes this makes total sense um destruction all stars was you know it got poor support but it was overall it was a pretty fun game and i think mm -hmm. really and truly twisted metal would just be a, a, a reskinning of that game just a darker and more darkness dark because i was going to say like the the only other studio that i could see properly reviving twisted metal is uh the studio behind burnout but yeah yeah but they're aren't they they're no longer e exactly they're they're on by ea yeah and they're making fable right is that that studio that's making fable no that's for you're thinking of the uh microsoft owned uh uh playground games you're right you're where right. uh the burnout team is owned by ea and i believe they're working on some game that's not burnout okay right yeah so um this is cool um this is a good fit for the ip I'm not necessarily excited for this. I'm not really a Twisted Metal person. You're not like, excited to, to play as John Doe? Anthony Mackie? No. <laughs> yeah, I, have, I have no nostalgia for Twisted Metal, so like, I generally don't care about this franchise and its future. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Like For me, I'm happy that the team who made a solid game but that didn't get the love it deserved. Yeah, it's getting a chance. Of to, nature, yeah. uh, it's getting a chance to get a high-profile game that people generally like. So yeah. I'm happy for them for that. Yeah. Yep. Sean, how how you feel about Twisted Metal? I know you you had some. Um, you liked it. Right? Yeah, I played all it. of them. Um, oh, there we go. 
I'd have to go back and try Destruction All-Stars to see. I mean, granted, of course, they're not going to make it a one-for-one, like, transfer any shit over. Yeah. But I don't know. They didn't know how to make Destruction All-Stars fun. Hopefully, they understood the magic, quote-unquote, of, uh, I was about to say Metal Gear. Twisted Metal. Uh, Twisted Metal. <laughs> <laughs> like, go back and play, like, Twisted Metal 2 or Twisted Metal Black or something. Mm. And figure out what made those so fun. Hopefully, that's their homework. Hopefully, they're doing that. Uh, Somebody sent him a copy of this podcast. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Let me open up my Gmail real quick. On a f- floppy disk. <laughs> Three point right, five. Uh, last up. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, last up. This comes from IGN's Diamond Felt. That seems like a fake name, but I'm going with it. Sounds like a stripper name. Go ahead. Ooh. Ooh. Speaking of stripping, Xbox showcase at Tokyo Game Show 2021. Um, yeah, there was there was no segue there. Uh, so Xbox showed out in, in in Japan, and there was a couple things that happened. So, uh, yeah, well, at, at the top of the show, Tokyo Game Show is not for the Western audience. Not at all. There's never going to be major news that's going to really affect most people from the West, from a Tokyo game show that they wouldn't show anywhere else. Yep. So I knew when we talked about earlier that they were going to have something at TGS, I knew it was not going to be anything of consequence. So I didn't watch the stream. I didn't even remember what was happening. I just saw the aftermath after the fact, and I'm like, oh yeah, I was totally justified in this. Yeah, you didn't really miss much. Um, really, the biggest announcement was that uh, Scarlet Nexus is heading to Game Pass, uh, Redfield and Starfield will both have Japanese localization. Uh, apparently, for Bethesda, this is going to be the biggest game that they have to localize. There's over uh, 300 actors and 150,000 lines of dialogue. So that's cool. That's nothing for them. <laughs> um, apparently, Swery's The Good Life get an Xbox exclusive demo. I don't know. And they announced their reboot of Blue Dragon. Y'all remember Blue Dragon, guys? (laughs) You don't, for real? (laughs) Nah, I don't remember Blue Dragon. (laughs) But it was made by your god, uh, Akira Toriyama. Akira Toriyama. Are you talking about Dragon Quest? Dragon Dragon Ball Z? No. They made a a Final Fantasy-style RPG for Xbox when it first came out called... um, Oh, Xbox 360, rather. Um, Blue Dragon. It was dra- uh, Blue Dragon. Mm-hmm. It was like, it's like, oh, Microsoft has gone so... It's, uh, it's one of those things where I genuinely don't see much. Okay, so I think the point of this was to show Microsoft's commitment to Japan and Japanese studios. Yeah. And I'm like, fine. I don't think that this presentation will move the needle in any uh, modern way. Yeah, like I think the meme that if you want to buy an Xbox, just go to Japan because that's where they're being sold at sale, and you can just see. It. Like I remember years ago, years yeah. ago, just being shown images of like walls of 360s that just couldn't get sold in Japan, and like that was at a time when Microsoft was really going hard on like like having Japanese style games exclusively on their hardware, and they couldn't sell it. And for me, this really feels more like. We're trying to bolster our Western offerings with Eastern titles, which is fair and good, but I don't think gets to the issue of being successful in Japan. Yeah. And because... Oh, oh, uh, I was going to say that 
I, I feel like the best thing that came out of this show and the best way for Japan to get some kind of foothold in Japan is the news that Xbox Cloud Gaming is launched already. So, like, that yes. is the best way to get the Japanese gamers onto their services. And the best part about it is that there is no... There's no space required for it because space is always a concern when it comes to Japan or even their consoles, like anything like so that's probably the, the one thing I'm just like, all right, that's a smart move. So it's coming. It's out in Japan now and also in Australia. All I got from this is I need to get a VPN and buy myself an Xbox uh, Series X from Japan. That's uh, <laughs> I'm looking at one right now, but I don't want one. <laughs> it like. And then the only other question I have, the only other question I have in regards to, I think, yeah, Cloud is the only big, it's not even big news, but it's the only, like, for me, relevant news out of this is that, like, oh, this is a great way for them to get on this market. Mm. But then you get to what type of games do Japanese people want to play on mobile? Not Halo. And, and, yeah, I don't think it's streaming. uh, I don't know about that. I, I I feel like it's a thing where... Phone streaming is, we've kind of aged out of that demographic. I mean, I think maybe out of the three, out of the four of us, Sean probably does the most phone gaming. Mm-hmm. I, you have the backbone, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I, I, the thing is, like, I've, I've seen my, like, my, my nephew just go crazy over, like, Call of Duty Mobile. And it's just like, there is, there, and that was, I think that was one of the biggest games last year. So, like, there's definitely, evidence for you know phone gaming in this kind of way of but, being like impactful I, i'm not talking about those type of games that are designed for a mobile experience i'm talking about big games AAA, designed AAA. for a triple a sit at your couch experience being on the phone if that's what they want because like from all cursory information that i have on just japan's video phone video gaming habits is it's a lot of genshin impact like games well, it's a lot true. of gotcha free to play games that's true yeah, I mean that that's very true. I mean I'm just all I guess all I'm saying is that I feel like when it comes to Halo, Halo could probably work on the phone, although I just I'm just assuming based off of what I've seen from Call of Duty and other like first person shooter games, I don't know, I don't have any like actual evidence of what that would look like. Well, I was like I'm, Halo multiplayer could work on the phone. I don't know about Halo proper. Yeah. And then would you want to play Halo multiplayer on your phone? Japan, maybe. Well, no, it's not even just Japan. Maybe it's like in general. It's the ideal way to play that game on your phone. Well, I, wait, 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 wait. I, another thing just occurred to me that like we are talking about the phone, but XCloud could work on your TV. So essentially, they could play it on the TV without the console. Well, that's true, but they haven't got the functionality of it being like an integrated thing that like you just come with xcloud on your tv thing that's still a thing where you need a device to get xcloud on to then go through your oh, tv yeah yeah that's a good point that's a good point yeah for me it's like is is the end goal to get japan into your ecosystem and if that's the case then i would have been more interested if they announced a bunch of games that have been made from the ground up with a japanese audience in mind and like with their tendency to mind, and then they can come to the West. Because, like, here's the thing, Genshin Impact is that game. Mm-hmm. That's a game designed 100% for an Asian audience yep. that has made the jump. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it can't happen. But from everything I've seen, from what they talked about, it's here are games that we're pretty sure will work in the West that we're getting support 
in japan for yeah yeah like like literally as i was uh watching it i was talking to you to y'all on discord and i forget what i said something about like yeah i don't understand how these american games are gonna work or not not even work or like how they're gonna appeal to to this audience mm-hmm. and right as i said that they played the back for blood trailer and in the first two seconds you see a giant american flag waving and they play in the song uh, my country tis of the <laughs> i'm like okay yep Real place. quick, I just looked at the Halo sales numbers. <laughs> it has never cracked over eighty thousand. Oh, over, over there. there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. the Master Chief Collection maybe sold thirty thousand. Halo Four and Halo Reach cracked like forty thousand, eighty thousand, respectively. And a lot of those numbers are probably service members over there. Yeah. Hmm. See, I, <sighs> that, yeah, that's a, that's a fair number actually. I, I've never. Like, I, I've been fascinated by this Microsoft Japan thing for, like, multiple console generations. I've never been able to put my finger on why they've never been able to cross over in any meaningful way, mm-hmm. especially when they were the market leader in the place that it mattered, which is here. Mm-hmm. They're a in, homogenous the nation. They don't want no foreign shit. <laughs> I, I, that's not necessarily true, because most Asian countries have no issue with our Western imports in forms of other media. That's true. They like dancehall, too. We didn't <laughs> fuck up any so. other countries the way we did Japan. <laughs> Like, it's one of those things where, like, for me, when they said we're, we're doing this localization for, like, uh, our next game in Japan, that sounded like the most amount of work absolutely possible when easily the minimum they could have done was just make sure that you have good translation in your game and have subtitles. Because that's pretty much what they're used to and what they expect. They don't want to hear yeah. your bad Japanese. <laughs> but that's not here or there. One of the other um, things that I, I missed was um, Tango Gameworks is developing a new game with uh resident or <laughs> with evil within two director leading the game so like i think that's going to be their uh their main uh japanese market game that microsoft i guess is planning on working on and there was a a good amount of time where phil spencer was talking to the um tango yeah yeah she yeah so i mean this is cool it, it's one of those things where it's just like you know, us being on the outside one, us being primarily PlayStation gamers too. We'll see. We'll see what happens, you know? Yeah, and anything yeah. can happen. Yeah. And and on to that last that Tango Gameworks thing, I really want to see how Ghostwire Tokyo does. Because if it does well on PlayStation, I think you can't even take those metrics and put them on Xbox because, like, for what that game will do for Xbox because of the weird marketing stuff around that one. But if you look at Tango's first game, Evil Within, tell me that's a Japanese game. Yeah, mm. it it looks like it, right? No, no, oh. it does not look like a Japanese. Game. <laughs> <laughs> the marketing for me, I was just like, oh, like I, I, I don't remember too much of it, but like from what I remembered, I, I had that feeling of it being like a Japanese game. But then again, I wasn't paying too much to it. It looks like a Japanese game from like a recognizing development stuff, but the actual game itself does not like. If you oh. just show me an image of the Evil Within, yeah, I wouldn't be like, oh, this is Japanese. Oh, okay, okay, all right, well, um. That's not Japanese. We're not Japanese, but this episode has end. This has been another episode of Press X Star Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. Don't forget, rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Like, share, and subscribe on your favorite YouTube channel. That's us. And, um, yeah, you know, uh, be safe, take care, and um, wash your hands. Do it. Uno out. Bye, everyone.